Carly Pilk Boys podcast. We're having a chat about the old Ricky Gervais XFM shows. I'm David Ferrier. With Stephen Merchant. We're two little Australian radio fellas. I've been listening to these shows for years. This is Zach's first time. We're going through them one by one. Today's show, Series 1, Episode 18, a.k.a. Carl is under the weather. Carl is sick. Uh, overall thoughts, okay. Zach? Aren't we doing 17? We did 17 last week. What did I listen to? Carl's under the weather. He's feeling sick. Is he in this episode? Carl, uh, the Aesop's Fables one? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> you scared me for a moment there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listened to that one. But Carl, is he sick in this episode? At the end, at the end of the show, they go, uh, you're not feeling well today, are you? He's not well at all. And they talk about how he's been sick. Oh, hang I'll on. be c- totally honest. I got to the AKA part and there's nothing there. So I just thought about... What's something that happened in the show? And because that's the last thing that happened to the show, it's the first thing I thought okay, of. I'm still so not convinced should... of this. I'm still not convinced. Name three things that were in the episode because I'm freaking out that I listened to the wrong one. Okay, Steve, uh, the train story. Okay, no, it's the right one. Uh, hang on, where he's, okay. he's, he's, uh, he's interested in a girl on the train. And then it, he ends up not bothering. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, no, okay. Uh, I was so like, oh we... no, we're going to have to come back and record another day. <laughs> Oh, I think I'm. Maybe I. Uh, maybe I pulled up early. Maybe I didn't listen to the last minute. I'm pretty sure I did listen to the end. I don't remember at all that Carl was sick. They talk about um, at the very end. It's about turtles breathing out of their bums. Yeah. Uh, Carl's understanding of Easter, and then he slags off Steve about being a hypochondriac, always being sick. Uh, any of this ringing any bells? It's not re- I How long ago? How much of this did I listen to? I'm pretty confident I listened to it all, but maybe did I Did you listen didn't. to the gig guide section? Yep, yep, I listened to okay. that. Well, that's right at the end. Let's. Okay. Uh, there'll be a better I AKA what I've in done, the title of this I this reckon episode. I've missed the last couple of minutes. So, let's see. Let's that's go right. through and see didn't miss at the anything. point. Let's go through and see at the point I stopped listening. Okay. And I'll just reiterate, I'm not happy with that. I don't want to Carl sick because this, is, this isn't the, the Carl is sick episode. It's, that's a small detail. There'll be a better AKA. There'll be a better description for this episode uh, in, the, in the show notes. So it was okay. broadcast the 30th of March, 2002. So, oh, well, let's return to overall thoughts. Do you have a nice summary, Zach? Okay, well, this is, a, this is the first time I've actually understood what you're asking me to do here. So tell me what you think of this. Mm-hmm. In this episode... Uh, we hear fables teaching us how to live, but overall, aren't we hearing a fable about how to do radio? You like it? Okay, good. Um... A fable oh, really of how hard. to do I, radio. The, uh, the, I don't know how many the, people would agree with you on that on that yeah, right. specific point. Because there's a well, lot I of things so. about how not so. to do radio. Well, it's debatable, see, because they break in all the rules, but they're making a hell of a show. But it's cool to break the rules. That that that's that could be that sounds like that could be the tagline of the show if it was a nineties movie. They're breaking all the rules, but they're making a hell of a show. <laughs> oh, no. What's going wrong? My overall thought is, as Carl's career starts to go well, he does this show while unwell. Hey, oh. Thank you. 
Emails, carlypilkboyspod at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who checked in. The show is on Spotify. We are fine. We are up and running. Even heard from Martin in Texas. Told us he's listening on Spotify in Texas. Thanks, Martin. Have you heard these conspiracies with content makers, people who make videos, podcasts, whatever, is that sometimes they feign that things have gone... There's a like a mild conspiracy that sometimes you'd feign that things have gone wrong or you'd purposely make a mistake to drive engagement. So, like, sometimes on YouTube videos, people will spell titles wrong so that they get comments. Hey, you spelled the title wrong. I wondered if anyone would accuse us of that because, you know, you asked if we were on Spotify. I think last week as well, uh, the upload was a little bit late, wasn't it? A week before last year. And so, uh, you know, people were reaching out saying like, hey, is it going to be uploaded today? I wonder if anyone's suspicious that we're just, we're trying to drive up some engagement. Well, while you mention it, it's so weird. I think something's wrong with Apple Podcasts. If people, I think the reviews page is broken. If people could go on Apple Podcasts and give this show a review and actually type a review because I think it's not working. Um, I don't know if the five stars are working. I don't know. Yeah. I think whenever you submit a five star, it um, your phone dies. No, I shouldn't say that. No. No, um, no my, uh, my way of marketing this show is uh, posting things in the in the All Things Ricky, Carl and Steve Facebook page and then getting abused in the comments. <laughs> That's my tactic, baby. Yeah, it's going well. <laughs> I posted the review the review that I read out from Heat Magazine. Um, that's the most recent thing. I just dropped it in oh, there. And, and put, uh, I put a war- instead of just saying, hey, if you want to hear us talking about it, check out the Carly Pilk Boys podcast. I just put a watermark that said the Carly Pilk Boys. And there was some discussion in the comments going like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Who let this idiot in? This, this particular Facebook group seems very aggressive. Oh, a little bit. A little, <laughs> if you're seen even for a moment to not get the joke, yeah, uh, right. people will roast you. I do have a, an email here. Can you pronounce the, uh, the the name of the man whose show it is, please, Zach? Ricky Gervais. Gervais. So this is from Ted. Never tire of Zach's pronunciation of Gervais. He really squeezes every last drop of those vowels. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. In, so is that correct or not? Well, according to... I don't it, imagine it is. I the, imagine it's... Is it, is it French? What is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and, Ricky's you know, dad was a- French Canadian. Australians aren't known for their perfect pronunciation of things, are we? So uh, I imagine I'm pronouncing it wrong. The email goes on. According to Ricky himself, Gervais is well not the correct pronunciation, but the way he pronounces it. Unlike his dear mum Eva or E to her friends, uh, <laughs> nice one there, Ted, uh, who pronounced it. Who pronounced it Gervais? Piss taking aside, love what you're doing. I've lost count of the times I've listened to the radio shows, podcasts, and audiobooks. Likewise, Ted. And it's equally heartening and worrying that I'm far from alone. <laughs> uh, keep up the great work, gents. And here's a question for your future selves to ponder. What's the difference between a song for the lovers and a song for the ladies? Ted. Oh, good question. Double up. Not much. Is it, wonder... a, is it a song for the ladies is maybe intended to seduce... Whereas yeah, a song for the lovers is a song for loving. 
<laughs> they seem to be as you know where we're at now. Are they getting further away from these features? Because I think in this episode they mention all the things. Yeah, that's why they talk about the gig guide later on because they mention the things that they were doing at the start, and then it just kind of morphed into talking about Carl for an hour straight. Yeah, totally. And so, um, you do do the song features continue? Not really. Not for much no. longer. Okay. And if hip, if they do it, mention hooray. one of those. I, to be honest, I'm happy to see the back end of Hip Hop Array. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, it's been, I'm just noticing now, it's been a while since we've heard a, a Hip Hop Array. And that's, that's I, probably a good the, thing. The impression I get was Steve was really pushing that one. No, and uh, he wasn't getting stick. much help from the others. Didn't stick. Love that email. Thank you, Ted. Uh, Ricky, uh, sorry, Carly.PilkBoy. No. It, it, I should have done it in the style. I'm realizing now I should have made our, our email address in the style of the Ricky Gervais show one. It should have been carly.pilkboys at xfm.co.uk. No, um, carlypilkboyspod at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Aircheck, Series 1, Episode 18. So, Break 1, they read out the complaint. Remember, I read this article yes. in Episode 2. So I did the I did the dates. So it's uh, the seventeenth of November is the show that got the complaint, and this is the thirtieth of March the following year. It took four months for that complaint to work its way through the system over at Ofcom. It, uh, Ofcom. You know what? I actually enjoyed them talking about the complaint much more than I enjoyed the original bit because there's so much more tension, isn't there? Because like. They're, they're kind of playing two levels and Carl's really worried and <laughs> it's just funny. I'm with you. It's much more enjoyable listening to them talk about the break that got a complaint than, than that original break itself. That is interesting. And it is funny because it does feel like they're doing something risky. You know, Carl's worried. But yeah, you're allowed to read out an article that's in the paper. What's the problem with that? Well, any content director would probably pull you up on it being self-indulgent or even just uh, don't bring up something that is bad for the show or the radio station. Just don't ne- don't mention it. Um, but those sort of rules don't apply. I, and it's really funny too. You know, sometimes these articles, when they're, re- when they're read aloud, they're, like, <laughs> they're just very funny. Like the... Uh, the way that sometimes when journalists write out or report on comedy bits when it's being really official. Yeah. Um, so I forget exactly what the line is. But very very sounds- plainly detailing what they yes. were talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. Very the funny. comedian went on and on with his yeah, description. Yeah, that's, that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between the, the meaning of the word cocks. I uh, think it was the way that they said they went on and on. <laughs> So I'm at the end of that break, Carl. They joke about like it says they've been wrapped over over radio innuendo. I was like, we haven't been we haven't been wrapped. We haven't had it been wrapped over the knuckles or uh, we haven't been in trouble. Like, Carl, were we meant to get in trouble? And Carl goes, Yeah, I meant to tell you, but I forgot. So don't do it again. As they're going into a song, surely that's a joke. Surely he that he delivered that as yes. a joke. I I'm, thought that was a joke. Yeah. I'm now, and maybe it's because we've spoken to Byron, we've heard a little bit about people who, who knew Carl back in the day, and every single one, Barnard is saying, he was a nice, normal person. He didn't give off this, like, oh, this guy's peculiar vibe. 
that I'm now starting to... I've been listening to these shows forever, but now I'm listening to, to these bits and these moments going, I wonder if they were a little bit more... If he was a bit more self-aware and was intent, intending to be funny than him yeah, accidentally being to funny. me, what funny. I heard when I thought this stuck out to me as a point to mention for another reason, I thought, oh, Carl's joining in in the duo has become a trio. And he's he they're setting him up and he's knocking them down. He sees a setup for a joke and he does the punchline. I thought it was a joke. And I was like, oh, he's got the confidence to tell to 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 go for the punchline of their setup kind of thing. And so um yeah, I totally 100% thought it was a joke. Uh, I also loved the way that they kind of said that they hadn't been wrapped because you know, it doesn't that don't you see that so often in these kind of articles. I love that to me that's the exact thing that would be a red rag to Ricky Gervais. That he, like, someone would say that he got in trouble for something when he doesn't feel like he did and he needs to correct them. And yeah, I love that because, yeah, you read the paper sometimes and you think, oh, such and such is being dragged over the coals for, you know, he got in trouble with the, whatever, the broadcasting commission or whatever. But how does that relate to his everyday? He hasn't even heard anything about it. Mm. So how, you know, no one has contacted him. He hasn't been fined. It's just so funny that the journalist reported it as he's been wrapped. Been a lot of trouble and taking it very seriously. I think there is a bit of fantasy fulfillment for me listening to this show uh, again and again because Ricky is coming from such a place of power that there is no, there is no threat. There is no... no. Losing, like having the show taken away from him, is no threat. It's no like, oh, yeah, it's gonna. He care. Ru- he, he's doing it just for fun. And as someone who's like, it's my doing radio is my source of income, my only source of income. I have to take things seriously, and and listen. <laughs> and but you know why though? Why I think a part of that is big part is his personality. Another big yeah. part of it is because he started so late. I reckon. So like he made all this stuff compared to 20 years old. What was he, late 30s or whatever? And so he had lived a life. He doesn't care. He knows that he's going to be okay. He knows that he could go work something else. Um, And so with that maturity and that stage of life, because you get... I've, man, I've got... I've got recordings in my phone. He's probably not going to want me talking about this. Of my co-host, where we it was you know after our show because we we took the network off air a couple of times uh, in one week and As so we do. were getting wrapped. They were saying like don't do it again. But again, I mean I don't think it's a breach of contract. I mean they can't fire you. Um, it, it, I don't think so. Anyway, and I was kind of saying it's okay, man. It's fine. Anyway, I've got a recording in my phone where because he was just taking it so seriously where he was writing out a. Uh, an apology email after our show. So it was like 1230 at night, writing out this apology email to the boss. And I said to him, I go, you're going to look back on this in a month and just think this is hilarious. And he did because you realize in the moment, it feels like the most important thing ever. It does. It feels like you're going to be fired. It feels like your dream of being a radio announcer is over. Like, and then once you had a bit of perspective, you're like, oh, no one cares. Yeah. But that's more about being a young announcer and, and 100%. trying well, that's to what make we your were. way. 
and he is, was a, he's uh, a few years younger than me as well. And so, like, it, it was... And also, by the way, the bosses make it out like that. They make it out like that you're going to... That you just make or break. They make it out like it's like, once I get through with you, I'm going to make sure you never work in this town again, son. Anyway, all things that Ricky Gervais does not care about. Uh, he could take Dave's it all in. Dave's moving me on. Dave's and moving me on because he's worried that I'm going to say <laughs> negative things about the. <laughs> I did have, it. I did get some feedback, and I agree. And I think I've even told this to you. It is not fun to hear people to listen to two people complaining. Um, not saying that that's necessarily what we're doing, but I just don't want to get too far into the weeds of that, particularly because I am still fully employed in the radio industry, and I love it, and I love everyone I work with, and I don't, and I want to keep my job. So there you go. There, I'm scared. I'm always scared. I'm no, there's no I, Ricky Gervais going on here. I'd just like to say on the record, I disagree with that. I think the funnest thing to listen to is people complaining. <laughs> really? But it doesn't, 100%, man. I do not trust people who won't complain. They're not being real. I try to, I try to, once someone complains in front of me, I feel like we're friends. I don't trust them until then. Because I feel like, how can I trust you? It can't all be good. You must be annoyed about something. And then a co-worker will complain. I'll be like, boom, we're friends. You trust me enough to, to complain in front of me. So if someone's too positive around you and doesn't That's let... fake. That's it's fake. It, it, I don't they're phony. Don't they're being it. phony. Yeah, their life it. sucks as much as mine does, but I'm honest about it. They're lying to themselves and everyone 100%. around them. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let us, let's move on to uh, break two. Uh, Steve is mad at Ricky and his eating habits. Um, this, this break gave me two ideas for T-shirts. The T-shirt ideas are, are stacking up. One day, maybe I'll end up making one. One is uh, two slices of pizza and the phrase healthy eating. Yeah, love it. Or this one's very simple. It is just a simple outline drawing of a glass of water and just the word boring. <laughs> That's good because uh, Steve goes on a rant about Ricky Gervais and his eating habits, um, which do sound appalling. Uh, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. And so, I mean, it'd be hard. I don't know. Is it harder or easier to eat healthy when? Because they talk about the BBC canteen, um, which I assume you know it's the catering for their show. Is it easier or harder to eat? Uh, healthy when you can eat basically anything. Like you're not preparing it. Easier. You know, so you have a healthy option and you have an unhealthy option. Is that easier or harder? I think easier. Yeah, I think it's easier as well. Yeah. But I, I wonder if maybe even this many years late after 2002, 2002, height of the panini bread. Yeah. So I don't know if there were as many options even to make it as true to over simplify was was pret a a thing in 2002 had that come along and saved everyone with their healthy <laughs> options um break three uh, uh steve and ricky uh hung out they went to a marketplace for extracurricular carl mistook jennifer lopez for lisa left eye lopez thought uh, the dj was announcing that jennifer lopez lost an eye by calling <laughs> By calling uh, calling her Left Eye Lopez. Here's a creepy detail. Lisa Left Eye Lopez died in a plane, plane crash less oh than a month after this show. Wow. This was on the 30th of March, and then the plane crash was on the 25th of April. That's horrifying. Mm. 
I'm trying to get all my plane related. Um, I only found out about DB Cooper recently through a 30 Rock joke. I thought you were about to say, I only found out about 9-11. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Because <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth makes a joke that he's wearing his dad's suit and he opens it up and it says DB Cooper on the inside. I didn't understand what that reference was. so I, looked I do up. not understand that reference. Uh, it was a guy in the 70s, domestic hijackings were really common, right? Just people who wanted the plane to go different places. They seemed like that. they just happened all the time. Anyway, this guy, he did that. And then um, he asked for a parachute. That was one of his things. And he jumped out of the plane in the middle of the night in a storm and they never found anything, right? So he jumped out with the money. And so there's kind of, it's like a mystery, you know, what happened to him. And so I think the joke is that Kenneth's dad was D.B. Cooper. Funny joke. Um, but I was watching, you know, documentaries about that, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, do all of my plane related tragedy watching at the moment when we can't really fly anywhere just so, because I don't like doing it when I have upcoming trips. So you watching the nine 11 documentary on, on Netflix? Uh, I was sick a few weeks ago around September 11, and I read, like, hours of Wikipedia articles on 9-11, but no documentaries. So, who did it? Bush? Hologram? But <laughs> <laughs> Hologram? What's that one? That is, didn't actually The planes happen. were holograms, and they I set off bombs. That. Oh. You should do your own research, Zach. Well, it sounds like you have been. I don't think so. Ah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I should, I should look into it. Uh, break four. Is the Steve on a train story? Um, listening to this one again, I, I, I was thinking that. Uh, do you think that? I don't know if this is necessarily right, but I just want to f- put it out there that Steve has the most, the fully fleshed, the most fleshed out comedic persona of himself of the three of them. Certainly, he's the one who uses himself for. Uh, entertainment the most and certainly the one who draws the most material being self-deprecating uh ricky doesn't tell many personal stories full stop i don't think carl's comedic abilities at this stage are that uh you know uh fully fleshed and so really uh steve's the only one sharing anecdotes from his personal life that he's bringing up whereas carl you know they're pushing and prodding for him but um yeah, this one seems like something he's thought about, something he wants to relay, and uh, yeah, it's good. Ricky will tell a story like the go-kart story and how his dad swapped it for a wheelbarrow, but it is leading up to a punchline. Steve's stories, they are this whole experience of him being pathetic and bad with women Um and lacking self-awareness, which, as I've said before, is like it was all. It's all right here, and it all makes it into his show, Hello Ladies. That exact persona, which I'll just recommend again. It's it's uh, it's the best thing that the three of them have made, like individually. Out of I'd put Hello Ladies, then Sick of It, yeah, right. and then a way 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 down. <laughs> um, anything else. <laughs> Any, anything that uh, that's interesting because it's his show and he's by far the most successful I, of all well, of them. yeah I know yeah uh, look he had a lot of early success that I love and I'm just going to focus on that and just wait to be won back over but um, mm. yeah I'm not holding up 
Hey, remember, hope. it's uh, no fun to listen to people You're complaining. You're right. It's no fun to listen to people <laughs> be bitter. Um, break five. <laughs> I actually disagree. I think it's the most fun thing. Um, break five. Ricky and Steve both saw Carl during the week. Uh, we find out that Haggis is uh, uh, mints in a sheep's stomach and Carl thought that they force feed it to the sheep and that the plural of mongoose is mongs, which she delivers so incredibly deadpan. Um, and then we move on to White Van Carl. Uh, right after Carl gives the anecdote about uh, Leo Sayan, the one-man band and the, the, the fake plastic hand. So, again, White Van Carl, let's see what the world was like back then. Britney Spears ignoring fans at the premiere of her movie Crossroads. London needs more bobbies on the beat. Blackpool to become the British Las Vegas Carl had a dream about the So Solid crew. Someone's beaten me to this T-shirt. A T-shirt that just says So Solid Poo. It already exists in the world. And uh, I'm glad that it does. And uh, Halle Berry's Oscar. And then Carl compares it to when he got an award for going to school for a month. Again, this is the first time I've listened to it and gone, he knows knows what he's saying is a joke and it's ridiculous. I don't know. I hope it's. I hope it's not. I hope okay. it's sincere. Well, surely he can't think that's real. No, it's a it's a mix. You know, these are. I think Carl's a mix. It, I think that is. Uh, I think when he's thinking about it, that is the thought he has. What would what would the feeling be like? Well, you know, I guess how do I relate to it? I relate to it because I got this award. Whether or not, if you pressed him on it, he would actually. Like, I think he would say, oh, yeah, obviously they're different, different levels. But he, yeah, he so literally says... the last little bit is... He just puts a bit of a joke on a real thought he's had. He literally says, I've been in that situation. <laughs> That's a very funny thing to say, to then go and compare it to getting a certificate at school. I don't know. I think in uh, break seven, I noted it down, but I'll need to go back and check. I think... And maybe you can correct me or not. Is it the first time Ricky calls him the K-Man? I don't know. Or has he done that in I earlier shows? I think he shows? has done it earlier. I think he has done okay. it. I think he's even called back, even early on, from songs and said, hey, it's Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and we're here with the K-Man. Or was this the time yeah, he did it? That rings a bell to me, and I haven't heard any further on from here. It just stood out for some... And maybe it's because of the... It was coming out of a song and he just used the show branding and, and it's Carl the K-Man Pilkington. And then they get into Aesop's fables. I like this Anything stuff. Anything to... Uh, uh, I yeah. think it's good. I prefer this type of thing with Carl. I think it's a more rich area to find humor in. Um, whereas controversial opinion, I'm going to say it. I think White Van Carl has been a great idea. I think its hit rate is quite low at the moment of of funny or interesting points. I think that... Uh, was it in this episode where Ricky yells at Steve, move on, move on, there's nothing here? Um, where he's kind of making a joke about, you know, we're, we're digging in the wrong area. So, uh, and I actually think the Fables have had a higher hit rate. I think that it's really funny because Carl just totally doesn't understand them, but he doesn't understand them in a way that he has more to say about it. Whereas a lot of White Van Carly's like, ah. Who ca- yeah, who care. cares? So what? Yeah. Whereas the fables seem to really, uh, you know, hit a nerve. <laughs> I do. I like that. 
I, I kind of I like the White Van Carl segment. I like that they try things that don't go well. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I just don't. I'm just saying its hit rate is lower than mm. other segments. I'm not, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea for a segment. Um, if you're thinking about how to get Carl involved, it was uh, you're taking something from the world, you're putting a spin on it. Uh, um, you know, it's a way of being topical and having a different approach to topical things, like something that no other show could do because they don't have Carl. But I just think it has a lower hit rate than some other segments. What do you make of Aesop's fables? I thought, yeah. In general. You like them? Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Have you started rolling them out for your baby? Uh, no, yeah? I haven't. What do you think Not of yet. Aesop's skincare range? Uh, that, on the other hand, I'd love to do an endorsement for. <laughs> um, it's a decline, isn't it, from philosophical uh, parables to skincare. What happened there to the Aesop brand? I don't know. At some point, you got to pivot, I guess. They've got to pivot. It was the COVID-19 pivot. It was the... We're, we're rolling something else out here, guys. They went into hand making hand sanitizer. Fair enough. They were so... got to do that sometimes. They were so far ahead of the curve, of the COVID pivot curve. They did it 10, 15 years before COVID even struck. It's really impressive. How? What sticks out to you when they're sharing the fables? Do you feel like... I feel like sometimes... And maybe this is a personal opinion, like how some people don't like to hear complaining. It makes me feel uncomfortable how sincere Steve and Ricky are sometimes with these philosophies. I was going to I'm say like, specifically that I like it. I was going to say that this is oh. when the show gets its, it gets its most, I would even say its most intellectual or its most its it does. attempt. Because it is, Carl, it is um, Steve and Carl sincerely trying to educate Carl and introduce him to new ideas and comments. Like, I definitely appreciate I like this that idea. more than, than trying to wind you know, Carl up with the, with the juvenile word, wordplay and innuendo. Although that has its it place reminds, as well. Sorry, go on. It reminds me of when someone first gets a poetry book and they're trying to wedge it into conversation <laughs> and there's a time and the place. You know, like quotes, right? When people have a one-line quote and they go, Ricky does it in this episode. Yeah, isn't that pretty? He'll say the one line yeah. and be like, makes you think, doesn't it? I'm like, no. Philosophy could clip an angel's wings. Oh, yeah, that was the one. And I was like, oh, no, it does Like, uh, I used to have a friend and he was really into poetry. And it would be a 30 degree day and we would be out, you know, making some video or whatever. And we're trying to keep cool and hydrated and everything. You know, it's a hectic situation sometimes trying to get everything. And be like, what's your favorite line from poetry? And I'd be like, not now, man. Like, not, not the time to be sharing. Like, you know, maybe late at night, you know, and you've had a few drinks and you're sitting around. Then we can share our favorite philosophical lines. Not when it's beating down the heat. We're sweating like anything. We're trying to get these shots. Hang on. I'm picturing you guys at 14 in the backyard making jackass ripoffs. Yeah. Is this when Not you're? Too dissimilar. Is this when you're? You said mentioned having a no, few. No, we were adults. We were adults, but uh, no, no, no. I'm yeah. No, this was like I'm saying this is within the last ten years, but like um, yeah. I liked how it played out on the show, but a few times like uh, I don't know. It just reminded you. Well, I don't you know of... what my I don't know what my aversion is to uh, people being sincere, but like when they're talking about 
how moving they find these lines. I'm like, really? Do you? Okay. <laughs> you're such I just a, think once you, you appreciate, it's like you, you really appreciate and value, and I'm saying this lovingly, cynicism. Yeah, yeah. Cynicism is your, <laughs> you like a bit of acerbic um, wit and pointing out the bullshit and hypocrisies of the world. And if you come okay, at me with some well, fucking poetry, well, okay, okay, back okay, off. Okay. No, there's a time and place for poetry, but this should I'll tie this back to the show. A clip or a or a or a uh, gif my wife and I often send to each other referencing things that are happening in our lives. So we're not referencing this isn't sending I'm not saying this to her and she's not saying it to me. We're saying it to the broader scope of things is the gif from um an idiot abroad where Carl says that his superpower would be bullshit, man. <laughs> where he would fly into a room and he would yell, bullshit, and yeah. point at them when someone's in a negotiation or whatever. And then he would fly out. Uh, we reference that a lot. So that might be an indicator of uh, <laughs> my mindset. But who is this friend who had clearly been reading, he'd read, read some poetry book the night before and was like, I've got to tell the first person I see I know, just to prove that I've memorized it. But I don't understand, right, the idea if you can hear one line, you know, I just suddenly hear this line of of poetry or philosophy and what, I'm going to stop dead in my tracks? I'm going about my day and I I hear this from a friend or on the radio or whatever and I'm going to go, oh, jeez, I've got to sit down. That's, That's moving. I know one. I know a line that you and I both... It is a, it's a phrase to live by that will always stop me in my tracks and make me think and go, yeah, and reevaluate. It's three words. <laughs> live, laugh, love. Uh, well, obviously, I have that on my wall at home. <laughs> That's different. L's. The exception to the rule. Um, and not only that, but can you see... Uh, I've got tattooed on my bicep. Oh wow! To see here on the uh, on the inside as well. So it's just for you. Mm. It's not for the rest of the world. Uh, Yeah, Carl can't in break eight. He cannot. He claims to know all of the stuff about that that is contained in uh, the fables, Uh, but then he cannot wrap his head around the saying, uh, "The standing on giants." Um, Yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? It's like, well, if if uh, you want a good view, get it. (laughs) <laughs> There's a similar thing at the end where Ricky gives him, uh, you know, the two great uh, tragedies of life. One is to... Uh, get your heart's not, desire. The other yeah. is... Uh, sorry, not get your heart's desire. The other is to get it. And his reaction, I love Carl's reaction where he goes, because it's just so honest and uh, it's so vulnerable too, where he goes, so is that meant to mean something? <laughs> like... <laughs> He's like, he's like, why am I listening to this? I guess this is similar to my reaction. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, I do understand. I'm just not in the right mindset. You know, I've got to... The, the, the circumstances have to line up to engage me in that conversation. No, I can't imagine, and, uh, you know, in, in the trenches right as after you... Right before you're about I mean. to go over the threshold. Like, hey, just quickly, listen to this line of poetry. I think it'll really <laughs> make you think... Sh- we're, we're busy. Yes, we're we have something here. I like that Carl... Uh, he seems to be genuinely trying to engage. I like that. Yeah. That he's not he's not dismissing it straight away. He is he will go like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll try to figure out what this means." Um well, that is until yeah. the next in break 9 where he does sort of give up. He announces that 
he's had enough. He said it. Well, it was like the this was like school for the first few weeks. I was enjoying it, but now I'm just not interested. And then they uh, they move into the the gig guide, and some funny band names pop up. Uh, Mechanical Beatles, never quite warm. I tried to look them up. I tried to put them in the old Google. The third hit was a tweet from Ricky Gervais in 2016. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's so disappointing how unsus- uns- how much I'm not surprised. So third hit for Mechanical Beatles, Never Quite Worn, a tweet from Ricky in 2016. Is it weird that Foregone Conclusion are actually one of the most successful British bands of 2016? And then a photo of him on stage. Foregone Conclusion was David Brent's band in the office. Right. They're saying how... So it's just a humble brag. It's a humble brag, yeah. How weird is it that this band that's meant to be the worst are actually reckon, one uh, of the most successful British bands of this year? I reckon how weird of it is the start of a lot of humble brags because you've got to try to figure out why you're bringing it up. you you gotta you got to kind of shoehorn a reason in there. And weirdness is one that's just vague enough that it might make sense in a lot of contexts. That is... You've nailed that. How weird is it that, like... I've only been surfing for about eight months, yes. and I got a barrel today. Yeah, um, it's weird. I've been doing. Um, I've only been working out for a few months, but this six pack looks like that it could be a lot longer. <laughs> Is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to mention as well. Don't you think in the gig guide band names are a place and time? The early to mid-2000s, we didn't realise at the time, this is my hypothesis, we didn't realise at the time, at least I didn't, because I was 12 or whatever, that that was a period where bands were cool. Because bands aren't cool anymore. Like, think, like, there's no new bands starting. Very few. Like, there's, like, uh, acts. I would describe them more as acts. Like, you know... Do you mean getting radio cool. airplay on Top 40 Radio? Because there's lots of bands out there. There's lots of gigging bands yeah but it's not like uh but what i'm saying is like popular music with young people so similar ages yeah would be more people who are like in duos or um or solo um if you look at the biggest acts in the world they're not bands whereas at the time the biggest acts in the world were bands and um yeah i think it's a time and a place there was a there's a lot of humor around band names i don't think it would play as much anymore because i don't think people would connect to it as much you know the idea of like there was a resurgence with folk rock folk you know like mumford and sons Mm. and stuff like that and um imagine dragons were kind of they were a little bit more uh, mainstream but there was a lot of humor around that time about like something something and sons and uh such and such and the such and such is like someone's name with i guess like florence and the machine or noah and the whale like um but I feel like at the moment, not so much. Your thoughts? I'd agree. It's all about the Lils these days. Your Lil Nas X's and Lil Uzi Verts. Also, a lot of people going by names where it's confusing whether it's a band or a performer. And it's often pointed out to you that it's just one person. Such as? Um, well, I was thinking of like Lord, for example. Uh, I guess Billie Eilish is pretty obvious that that's one person. Um, yeah, that's all that comes to mind. 
<laughs> yeah, gone are the days of bands with great names like Dripweed. Yes. Also in the gig guide. My favourite of all, or any band name that they mention on Ricky Gervais' show will always be Splodgeness Abounds, who are still going. Dripweed, looked them up. They do have a YouTube channel, Drip Feed Web. Last upload, bit of a, uh, they're a cover band. Uh, last upload was nine years ago. I feel like, um, I feel like there's some irony to these names as well. Do you think? Do you think some of these people were purposely doing silly names? Fifty uh, fifty would be be yeah. my guess. Yeah, uh, turtles can breathe out their ass. I looked this up. Technically, the term is cloacal respiration, and it's not so much breathing as just diffusing oxygen in and carbon dioxide out. That that is breathing. That. Mm-hmm. It's not quite breathing, but it's breathing. Um, it's basically so what that said. Uh, a turtle is struggling to breathe. Could you give it mouth to anus <laughs> resuscitation? I think there's only one way to find out. I'm to the lake. Technically, that that might work. But then also, I, that's probably actually definitely breaking some type of rspca laws or what would you call it in england i'm not sure who your animal rights oh, i think are. it is the rspca in, in england is isn't the a australia association oh, okay. it's the uh respect for uh species no i i, uh, I don't know but um Peter. yeah if if are you saying if um if uh someone from the rspca came across you at a lake with your lips to the anus of a turtle, they they might have a problem with it. I'd say you're probably correct in assuming <laughs> but that. Then, but then the tension is: I'm actually trying to save its life. Yeah, you, you so don't. They would understand. be making the assumption that you're doing something creepy. Yeah, but you would actually be doing something to save its Doctor life. Doctor ABC, the A is for ass breathing. And I feel like this is the back and forth that would happen in the courtroom afterwards. <laughs> The fact, um, the the little tid, the little bit of info I got. The fact remains: when turtles hibernate, their main source of oxygen is through their butt. Can Fun you fact. give a turtle CPR through its anus? That mystery will have to wait for another day. Um, they wrap up the show. Carl's understanding of Easter, and then he slags off Steve about always being sick. Fits in a, a little drive-by for Steve. Being a hypochondriac, um, Ricky mentions that this show lost a lot of energy <laughs> towards the end, and um, they end the show how they began, saying the word "cox" over and over. <laughs> so that's it. I definitely didn't hear that. I didn't hear uh, the turtle fact. I didn't hear Steve being sick. So I must have missed the you last. You must five have missed minutes. the last break. I would say. Uh, did you have a favourite bit of this episode? Yeah, probably. It's not... I think I already mentioned it, and it's not a laugh-out-loud moment. I did enjoy the episode, so there were other moments I laughed. But I think just, Carl, just... I think the letdown from Ricky feeling like that he was sharing a life-changing philosophy, and then Carl going, is that meant to mean something? Does it? Like is that like is there meant to be a meaning in there? And just the discussion also around probably also Carl has a great line when he says, "Well, why don't they just say that then?" <laughs> yeah, so say all. But I also critics. actually feel like in 
And here's a little uh, reversal of my cynicism. I actually think Steve sums up philosophy and poetry very well when he says it's explaining ex- uh, difficult things in a simple way. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a good exa- that's a good explanation. Can you hear my baby? I can a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. She's had enough. She's crying. Had enough of the She's podcast. She's given us the rap. She's like, Dad, you are actually a bit cynical sometimes. <laughs> it gets a bit much. <laughs> um, Lighten it up she's a saying, bit. She's saying, how weird is it that I'm only a baby, but already I can uh, do backflips? Zach's baby can do backflips. Next week, episode 19. We're getting towards the end. There's only, I think, 23 in series one. So we're getting towards the end. Uh, you can contact us, carlypilkboyspod at gmail.com, Zach Manda on TikTok, David Ferrier Cartoons on Instagram. Zach's also on Instagram. Zach, um, I, I guess you should go be a dad, and I'll see you on the next one. What am I looking forward to next episode? That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, and just to confirm, it's 19, is it? Yes. <laughs> okay, I just got to make sure I listen to the right one. Let me just see, just before we uh, go, let me see if there is something that I can pull that just maybe even from the... Um, well, the, we know that uh, we know that Carl has to think about the f- philosophical line and come back with a meaning, which I am actually looking forward to that. I'd love to hear his take on that. The fact that the two tragedies of life are achieving your goal, <gasps> not, not achieving your goal. And then next week, it looks like by what you're reading, we could be in for something else. I think it's if I'm I'm just going through the comments below the YouTube. If it's the one I think of, it arguably features Carl's most iconic story oh. about where he grew up. Okay. Yeah, someone has uh, so one of the other comments. What's the headline? The last twenty minutes is so classic. One of the very best episodes for sure. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay, I think What's it is. Headline I mean, to if the it's story? the one I'm thinking of, I cannot wait for you to hear it, Zach. Is it the horse in the house? Oh, you already know about it. <laughs> no, yeah, someone, someone said about it in an email earlier. They can't wait oh, for the okay. horse in the house episode. Well, the ho- after all of that build-up, yes, I think the next episode has the full <laughs> horse in the house story, <laughs> which I, I'm still just as thrilled for you to hear it because you'll hear where it starts because the way they get onto that story has nothing to do with Carl's upbringing, about horses, about anything. You'll be surprised about where they start, the topic that they are talking about and how it ends up. And also Ricky and Steve's beautiful pulling it, like, you know, pulling at that string and getting it out of Carl. That all sounds great. But what I'm most interested in is hearing about the horse that's in a house. That sounds entertaining. The what? Horse in the house. How did it get there? What's the horse doing in the house? We'll have to wait and see. Okay. See you next week. See ya. Bye.